Welcome, action fans, and thanks for joining us for a special planned at the last minute bonus episode of the show. As unlike last time, we could not fit our end of season awards into our season finale because it turns out there is a lot more to talk about Copland than there is the Patriot. Who would have thunk it? Anyway, if you've not listened before, you might at this stage be thinking, Who the fuck are you? Well, I'm one of your hosts, Scott Murphy, and as always, joining me is screenwriter one-third of the Bloodhound Picks podcast and Stallone's personal horse steroid supplier, Mr. Craig Drime. I'm ready to finish this season up. It's time. It's time to move on from Stallone. <laughs> uh, so, um, in as well in this episode, as well as giving our kind of final thoughts on Stallone's '90s filmography, we will be handing out awards in the following category: Best Film, Worst Film, Best Villain, Worst Villain, Best Stallone Performance, Worst Stallone Performance, Best Action Set Piece. Here's a swerve. Not no worst uh, action set piece. We're not doing that. Uh, best end credit song. Again, we're not doing a worst. And best one liner. Last time, not doing a worst. Uh, so we're going to do them in uh, reverse order and work up to best film because I think that's the that's the top category. That's what the yeah. you know the Oscars usually go out on, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, apart from this year, the weird. It doesn't matter. We'll not get into it. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Craig. We're going to head up with uh, best one-liner, first of all. And this is, and I did specify to you on yes. Twitter that this is best Stallone one-liner because yeah. as we've discussed throughout the season, the best lines in most of his films were given to other people. Uh, yes. in, the case of, in the case of Demolition Man, Wesley Snipes. In the case of The Specialist, James Wood. In the case of Assassins, Antonio Banderas. In the case of Judge Dredd, Armando Santi. You know, like, it's just a thing. So um, so it's a Stallone one-liner we're going for. Okay, yep. Uh, so, yeah, originally, before I got that, I had all of the Armando Santi, the whole, um, <laughs> what did you get? Oh, just the meaning of life. Oh, what's the meaning of life? It ends or him talk about <laughs> the law or, you know, his very famous law <laughs> thing. So Armando's, you want chaos? I am chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to give a special shout out for that because in terms of one liners, he just delivers. Uh, but I think I'll still, because that movie is chock full of so much trying to have like one liners and trying to be, I guess maybe sell the action figure or whatever it is yeah. that it feels like because it's based on a comic book. I am going with Judge Dredd when he there's kind of the two when he is sentenced and he's upset about it. He said, I can break the law. I am the law. And he's doing that. Yeah. And also his kind of repeating of the I knew you'd say that. And yeah, just the, because kind yeah. of catchphrase throughout the movie, um, which is kind of intermittently funny. Like sometimes yeah. it is, sometimes it isn't. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I also love it, but it's not necessarily. I don't know if it's really a one liner. I love that ending bit with um, in Copland where he says, I can't hear you, Ray. Um, oh, I I, but yeah. it's not, but I don't consider it really a one liner like I do. Yeah, it's not like a kind films. of zinger. It's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good line. It's a good line. It's delivered well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I had a I had a few contenders. I mean, like, I do like the, um, you know, I like <laughs> this. Uh, it's very funny. That, that entertains me. Um, there is a scene in there's the the happy birthday scene in um, Assassins where like Antonio Banderas is talking about how it's his birthday um, when they're having the shoot in the kitchen and uh, it's not a great line but the way like Stone delivers it is quite fun where he like just lights two matches and goes happy birthday asshole like yeah. um, it's it's kind of generic in a way but like uh, I, I like the way he delivers it, and uh, there's something there's something puntastic about the line in Demolition Man where he kicks Wesley Snipes' head off, and just before that <laughs> he says "hands up," which is yeah. um, that gave me a right smile. But my favorite one, I think, 
is the one at the end of Cliffhanger. That's what I'm going to give my best okay. one-liner to, where he That's says, good. remember, shithead, keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times. And then he just kicks the he kicks the helicopter yeah. and the helicopter uh, falls down like 4,000 feet or whatever it is. And, he's, yeah, and you see John Lithgow doing that kind of weird squeal brace for impact thing that he does. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, no, and, oh, I think I forgot to mention this. Um, another great it's not really one-liners but i can't think of her name now um sandra bullock gives oh, kind all of a of great like, back and forth yes yeah that needs yeah. to be highlighted for demolition man <laughs> oh yeah that's that's right like yeah i think like there's um oh there's so many good ones there i can't remember how exactly she says it it says something like are oh, you really really made his meat and uh yeah. and we you know and licked his ass and it's <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's like oh dear the, the funny thing is like stone's good in demolition man but like yeah. he is just overshadowed by wesley snipes and sandra bullock in that film because wesley snipes is so cool in that film and sandra bullock is so adorable in that film yeah that it's i mean they are the shining stars of, of demolition man and that's what we kind of found. I mean, we'll talk more, I guess, throughout it. But that's what we found almost throughout the season, maybe mm, with the yeah. exception of like a um, Copland or Daylight or I don't know, maybe a couple others. But for the most part, it's like there's him kind of, you know, the big thing we've talked about is like him being at a six or, you know, whatever the number may be and everybody else just cranked up to 11. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think... Yeah, I, I think, um, like you say, Daylight, he's probably the strongest performer. Uh, Copland, he is he is nearly overshadowed by by Ray Liotta, but he's yeah. definitely uh, he's kind of kind of definitely kind of uh, either second best or joint best with uh, Ray Liotta. And I suppose it's kind of difficult because it's always you're always going to look kind of better being in the showier role and obviously really yeah. it's got the kind of showier part um so you know don't know like i still think stallone's probably possibly my favorite thing in that movie um yeah although really it's, it's it's very it's a very close run thing and um you know he just plays his part perfectly and it's it's dialed down but it's it's dialed down for the the right reasons not just yeah. because he looks bored so yeah it's it's, it's great and um I think he, he comes pretty close in, in Cliffhanger. He's definitely one of the best things in Cliffhanger, mm -hmm. even though um, the kind of the villains and, you know, often it has been the case in this season, much like in the Seagal season, that the villains uh, overshadow our lead action yeah. hero. Although, I mean, it should be pointed out, obviously, Stallone is a far superior actor to yeah. Steven Seagal. Um, so we roll on now uh, okay. to to best end credit song because we had a kind of we had a kind of run of them of like oh the, the catchy end credit song. So um, yeah. So what did you think on this one? So this was a pretty. This one was, I guess, an, one probably the easiest one for me to okay. pick, and it was um, just the Dread song by The Cure, which just because I'm a huge fan of The Cure. Um, I also really like the Demolition Man by Sting. I'd probably say those were my two, but yeah, just because I'm a Cure fan, I'll choose. <laughs> yep. Dread. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good one. That's a good one. So I had like I was kind of between three. I wasn't sure. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be different, you know, because Dread okay. Song is definitely. <laughs> definitely one of my favorites and i was kind of bit between three so but just to change it up just so we're not there you we know, go. <laughs> um, awarding the same things all the time and because you know i'm going to give a lot of the best to a, a particular film as we will see uh but it was the three songs it was demolition man uh, by sting the that theme uh the dread song uh by the cure which i, I think is a really nice song uh but just to be different, I'm going to put my best end credit song to the end theme of Assassins, which oh, okay. was the Rolling Stones cover 
of like a Rolling Stone because um, I, I'm a Cure fan, but I'm also a fan of the Rolling Stones. And so, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought I'd give it to that. I think it's a really good cover. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that was a pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, I yeah. suppose there's not much more to say about that. No. You know, like that was a pretty quick uh, category. Um, you know, like uh, if you're listening to the episode after after you know listening to the episode, check out those songs. All three of those songs, very good songs, and yeah. well worth a listen. Uh, so we roll on to a, a more important category. We are an yes. action podcast, so we should be talking about action. So, right, we're going to do yeah. best action set piece, any of the movies. Okay, so I chose, so while we talked about this, again, off recording, um, I so the production design element and everything, like and the sets and all of that with, especially Judge Dredd, and Demolition Man I love, but in terms of action set piece, I actually had to go with Assassins and um, the one, the stamp, you know, there's a ton actually in Assassins between Antonio Banderas being Wolverine and just taking a beating the whole time. <laughs> um, so I chose, yeah, the taxi car fight where you just see them trying to shoot at each other and kill each other while they're like separated by this bulletproof glass and then Antonio Banderas is being smashed into a bus. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the whole thing with Antonio Banderas, each part he's in is an incredible kind of action set piece. Um, Absolutely. I think there's two absolute standouts in that, that movie. And like Assassins in a way, you know, like you might pick this up if you listen to the Assassins episode, but in, in a way is the, the most frustrating movie yes. Um, of all uh, because like assassins starts real well and the first like 45 minutes of that movie are i mean i know there's the the kind of internet chatting thing that kind of slows down the movie but for the most part the opening kind of 45 minutes or so of that movie are real fun and there's some real good um action set pieces and uh, just kind of in the second half of the film it really slows down and pacings off and it's just the life is kind of drained out of it and it becomes a slightly different movie as well it mm -hmm. picks up this kind of more serious tone and it's just it's just a very uneven film but two of my favorite action set pieces do come from uh, Assassins. The one you talked about, the, the taxi ride scene where, you know, uh, Stallone is in the taxi car as the character Robert Rath and um, Antonio Banderas' character is in the back. And then they're having, you know, like these quippy banter back and forth. And yeah, he gets squished against the bus. And then like uh, Antonio Banderas like rolls out the taxi at some point, And then there's a... A continuation like there's another car chase with the police for a little bit as well yeah. there's a really good action scene and then my other favorite action set piece from that particular film is the the kind of happy birthday scene like in yeah. the in the flat uh, where they're having the shootout in the kitchen and stone blows up the kitchen and Panteras gets yeah. fired out the window um to no effect <laughs> he just yeah. well to a little effect he needs to have like a like a, a warm bath afterwards to kind of uh you know recover from his wounds yeah. he uh, needed a lavender bath bomb <laughs> and that's it to heal up yeah <laughs> yeah so it it definitely has like two of my favorites um, you know, we discussed the fact that Copland isn't necessarily wholly an action film, but the shooter and the end of that is great. Yeah. So, so that's a great set piece. I think the finale of Demolition Man is really good. Uh, the fight between um, Snipes and Stallone at the end of that, at, at the cryo prison, I think that's done really well. But just for the sheer insanity of it, I think the best action set piece for me doesn't actually involve Stallone. It is the mid-air heist in Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, that's Because it just, the stunt work in that is mad and it, it's just, you know, it's obviously kind of done practically and you've got to, they've got to die to do it and, and all that. And uh, it's just a really well done uh, yeah. bit of action. You know, and uh, there, I mean, the other great bit of action is the opening scene, uh, the failed kind of mountain rescue with, with Stallone. That's, that's yeah. also pretty fun as well. 
but you know the mid of your heist you got a, a bit of a shootout you've got this insane stunt work of the guide you know on, on a on a wire from one plane to the other and it's just i mean how they did that is uh it's really very technically impressive and it's yeah. just a really exciting piece of action cinema and uh, so that takes my award uh, okay. for best action set piece although like you i i'm a big fan of the the taxi car um scene in uh, assassins as well yeah. and well, i mean that's what we talked about with cliffhanger you know for anybody that didn't listen to the episode that's listening to this um first which you should probably listen to the episode first <laughs> go uh, go listen to yeah. the go back to the start of the season listen to the cliffhanger episode yeah. and then work your way through and then come back here and listen yeah. to this rundown <laughs> yeah. and so my we kind of talked about was that like with cliffhanger those two opening or kind of stunts action sequences and then the rest of the movie as great as it is you know it didn't live up to those elements and that's kind of that's what happened at i remember a couple stallone films it was like you had these it kind of happened with daylight as well because you have like the that scene where he's going through the fan system to get that you know down into the tunnel and like that's really really fucking tense and that's you know really exciting and then you're like oh man is he you know you know obviously he's a hero in the movie obviously he's going to make it but you do suspend your disbelief in in that scene and you know and i think it's even though it's a kind of comical touch, as we discussed in the episode, the fact that each kind of fan that he goes through has like these giant timer clocks on the side yeah. of the walls. It's a silly touch, but it also makes it, it more exciting and, and more tense. And yeah, uh, yeah but then yeah, there's nothing else. There, none of the other set pieces work as well as that or as yeah. exciting or as tense yeah. as that particular scene. And, and what's so great about yeah the fan one too is that it's not like I think about can kind of be compared a little bit since they came out around the same time to the Mission Impossible where he's dangling and you know going yeah, through it came the, out in the same year, nineteen ninety six. But with that one, you know, the Mission Impossible, even though there's him almost falling or the sweat, it's all smooth and like well kind of choreographed. With that fan one, I think what works so well too is that it is so clunky like you're really watching him squeeze through and he's slamming around and there's i mean do you think i mean yeah i i i get that i get that i mean i think that is partly down to the fact that one film is directed by very problematic rob cohen and the other film is directed by brian de palma (laughs) (laughs) so that might make the difference yeah in terms of its slickness (laughs) but works to its benefit i guess for sure for sure so we we're just we're just uh i mean usually we're going off on tangents yeah you know like we're 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 sticking on script today like it's uh (laughs) what's happened to us we've become disciplined all all of a sudden Um, it'll change right when we get back it'll it'll change yeah yeah yeah, when we move to the Kurt Russell season, I'm sure it, it'll change again. Um, we're, I think we're being extra disciplined today because we, we know I'm, you know, this is a, a spoiler alert uh, for for the listener. Um, when we start the Kurt Russell season, Craig won't be able to make it on the backdrop yeah. episode, uh, but he will return on the Tombstone episode. Yep, and as we are both convinced that that episode is going to be a sprawling mess. Um, <laughs> we're trying to be extra, extra disciplined on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to keep that going, we will roll on to our next award, which is worst stolen performance. Yeah. So I think this is kind of when we start moving on to where... just agreeing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It became this easy. So for me, and it'll pop up again. Stop where my mom will shoot is such a disaster. Like through and through. I mean, we made the joke on the episode uh, that there's probably that one like production assistant or gripper or whoever's that's just like, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. This is my, like, but you know, besides that, like every element of that movie is just so it's, you know, it's a complete mess. Yeah. Um, Stallone himself has even said it. So I was, so I want it's so the Stallone element basically takes her. So that basically takes the cake for worst performance. However, because it's so messy, 
there's all there was also that part of me that wanted to look at um something like the specialist i think where it, it's not necessarily it's not the worst movie you know compared to um stop or my mom will shoot or rocky five even but i felt like that was the one where he, out of all of them where he was phoning it in the most i want to say or mm. it just and so that's where i guess the two worst performances it's like something that's so incredibly bad and versus something that's like um completely phoned in and not there at all yeah but i guess ultimately it is stop where my mom will shoot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was kind of had similar thoughts when it came to worst stolen performance the i mean rocky five's like a bad film yeah and it's probably the worst he has portrayed rocky but at the same time he's still probably the best thing in the film yeah. in fact I, I would say he is the best thing in, in the film uh, yeah. <laughs> overall like um, I mean the characters in that film are terrible uh, and uh, you know even though I get annoyed you know watching him like the way I know he's supposed to have kind of uh, this this brain injury and maybe he's playing up to that but it just makes him out to be this like complete dope at, at times which is you know I talked about in an episode you know often Rocky is shown to be like a bit slow, a little dim-witted at times, but at times in this particular outing, he's just made to look like a, a blithering imbecile, yeah, uh, which I don't like. But overall, I still think Stone's performance is pretty decent, and he's still the best thing in the movie. Yeah. So that really leaves, yeah, the performance in Stop Around Mom Will Shoot as Joe Bombkowski and the performance in The Specialist as Ray Quick are the two laziest stolen performances yeah. um, that we've covered. He, I think, I mean, Stop Our Mom Was Shoot, I think it comes from the fact that he realized that, that basically this was a terrible film and he just didn't want to be there. And you get the sense that yeah. through the performance, I do not want to be here. The specialist, I think, is a more interesting case because I do think he wants to be there, but it just, he's going for something... And he's just failing at it, I think. Like, I think he's trying to be, like, sexy and brooding and doing that thing. Yeah. And doing the kind of middle distance stare thing and, you know, trying to do that and trying to be, like, a, more of, a, like, a kind of romantic leader or whatever. But he's just not pulling it off. And he, instead of looking sexy and, and and brooding and and all that he just looks yeah he just looks kind of bored yeah uh, and, and yeah. yeah but i i think in the end you know i did give the worst performance to start his performance in stop him or mom will shoot because yeah. the way he sells comedy in that film is terrible but then <laughs> the script's terrible the directing is lazy like most of the performances are terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, that that whole film is is a mess, um, which I'm sure we will talk about uh, more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know the specialist was one where I felt because so many of them, you know, obviously you can say you can recast, you know, Stallone or recast whatever, and we've talked about that before. But I think for the most part, Stallone works in the roles. You know, he mm -hmm. might not be the best part. He might not be. You know, whatever but with the specialist and that's the conversation where we had where it is the movie that didn't feel like Stallone was meant for the role I know we talked about like it would have traditionally gone to like a, a Michael Douglas or a, somebody else but yeah know. or yeah you're somebody like a, a Richard Gere or, or yeah. something something like that yeah it it just does yeah it doesn't feel like it was written for Stallone it doesn't feel like a Stallone part at all and i think he's trying to be that thing you know like trying to do like a kind of because richard gear like gives a kind of there's a kind of blankness to him but yeah. there is also like a kind of sexy charisma to that blankness for some yeah. reason and he kind of like he can basically only he can basically only do the, the the one thing he's quite limited as an actor as well but you know he does that thing well and I think Stolen tries to do that and just it doesn't work for him. It's just yeah. not a good look for him. Yeah. But on the flip side, yes. now we talk about best Stolen performance, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure we're going to give the award to the same thing. But <laughs> let's let's keep the mystery going okay. for all of two seconds. 
Greg? So the best performance well that I have is Copland. We've kind of talked about him besides Ray Liotta being the best part. I think it is his most stretched and yeah while he's kind of understated and roles are not cranking at the same level that is common with the other movies and this one it you know it completely works and you really feel this kind of subtlety element of it and I mean there is there is that scene in Copland which we talk about in the episode of him saying that line of all the good or all the good girls all the were best taken. girls yeah were taken and it's just like so completely heartbreaking and um if, you know, for a Stallone performance, which is mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's an, you know crazy, especially what going through this whole season and seeing all that, and then having that. You know, it's like a, I guess a nice cherry on a bland cake. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I want we wanted to also give a shout out to Daylight, because I think, you know, you know the movie's problematic, and we kind of discussed that, but I. Th- think he shows a range in daylight that you know he is the best part in that one and it's not you know the best movie and it's not his best performance but i was pleasantly surprised going into daylight and seeing him yeah and in a weird way uh, by the way um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it yeah obviously <laughs> i totally agree uh share freddie in copland also takes my award for best alone performance but Yes, I mean, his role as Kit Latura in Daylight, I did think about that as well, even though I think, you know, far and away, his best performance is as Sheriff Freddy in Copland. It's a weird thing that, like, watching them kind of, you know, like, one week after the other, I was was kind of struck that um, it feels in a way that Daylight's almost like like a dry run for his performance in, in Copland in that that character is like way more human and way more vulnerable and way more of like a kind of he's not he's not a hero i mean he is a hero you know in his actions he's a hero uh, but he's not like the kind of um all-out action hero and he's not kind of just like taking all the decisions himself necessarily there's like a kind of consensus building element to the character and it's it's pretty it's a pretty decent character and it's a it's a decent performance uh, by stallone and yeah watching the two kind of back to back like that it did make me yeah it did make me think that oh he's you know he's trying to he is trying to move away a little bit and he is trying to create something different and he does that he put, dips a kind of toe into it in yeah. daylight and then he fully you know submerges himself in copland and yeah. uh yeah i i think um that performance does deserve some praise uh because i yeah i think um uh maybe we don't get the copland performance without it in a, in a weird way yeah no exactly and i know this whole season especially as we're we've been referencing watching them all back to back and going from the 80s to now, and then with his age, I mean, throughout the whole season, we talk about this pretty regularly, but you could see him trying so hard to not be the one-man army or not be that you know very standard action hero. And I, through all, throughout all the kind of fumbles and flops that happened throughout the season, I, he was slowly, I guess, trying to progress. And he, I mean, eventually to end on Copland is a great thing. You know, it's opposed to the Seagull season where it tanks as it goes on. You know, we kind of get... <laughs> it uh, just falls off a cliff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In this season, we kind of get a shaky, um, you know, gradual rise, I feel. Yeah, there, there's some like... Uh, there's definitely more undulations in this season. There's, there's some... Yeah you know highs and lows you know kind of all over the place so and and we go out on a real high which is which is always good because you know kind of relating it back to assassins it's one of those things that if your movie is like an hour and a half which assassins isn't it's it's longer but i'm just using this as an example if your movie is an hour and a half and it kind of isn't very good for an hour but the last half hour rocks you're you're going to you're going to forgive a lot of you know what has gone before but if it works the other way around and the last half hour sucks then you have a 
a more harsh opinion, even if, if on balance, the the level of goodness to suckingness are the same in the two films. It's yeah. just, you know, the taste in your mouth at the end is, is kind of what you remember. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's good to go in a high. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to the next worst. Ah, oh, the next worst. Oh, so we're actually moving away from Stone for a little bit for yes. the next two categories. Uh, so first up, we've got worst villain. Yeah. So my worst villain was actually, I was trying to think of like the actual, I don't know. I, it ends up being stop or my mama shoot. <laughs> uh, let's just get that out of the way. Um <laughs> But then I was trying to, again, look at other things because in Stop Where My Mom Will Shoot, the villains are almost so non-existent that I didn't even know if I wanted to consider them. But I mean, I mm. guess they're still there and they still are the villains. Um, but yeah, it was either between that, I looked at Rocky Five, or I looked at Assassins, but not. But Antonio Banderas would be the villain in that. So I crossed that out because there is the surprise actual villain in Assassins. Oh yeah, um, in the final scene. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. That's, that's yeah worse. not existent and i just <laughs> you know said well that doesn't count but um yeah so stop or my mom will shoot takes it <laughs> stop or my mom will shoot takes it again and unsurprisingly even though i do have like a few runners up um stop or my mom will shoot takes it for me so like the actor the british actor who plays the main villain or who's supposed to be the main villain uh parnell is uh an actor called Roger Reese, who was also, like, as we discussed in the episode, also famous for playing the Sheriff of Rottingham in uh, Robin Hood, Prince and... Uh, oh, uh, Men in Tights. Men and Prince yes. in Tights. I'm just confusing <laughs> the two titles together. <laughs> it's the Mel Brooks one with Kevin Costner. The Kevin Costner one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's another case of like, you know, we talk a lot about in this Stallone films and that we've watched, you know, like um uh, when when we ever cover that particular film, that is another one where the lead hero is one of the least interesting things in the movie. Yes. Uh, but this is not the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves episode. Uh, so, yeah, even though he's not on screen much, um, Parnell is such a useless villain that he still has to be the worst villain. He, yeah, I mean, you forget about him for most of the film. He yeah. only really turns up in, before the finale, he really only turns up in, like, maybe two or three scenes and not long scenes but yeah he just comes across as pathetic and you're just like oh why yeah this is not this is not a great villain like right. um what are you doing you know this you're you're not gonna you're definitely not gonna win this film you know you're up against fucking apparently super cop but like super cop at the same time you know like nagged by his mom you know yeah whatever um Which I I, there was a part of me that wanted to try. It's a horrible argument; it wouldn't work at all. But wanted to try and argue that his mom was actually the villain. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently, apparently, in the, in the, yeah, the, the like uh, the original script, it was like a darker thing, and like his mom was more of a villain. I I do want to give also, even though yes, that is my worst villain. I want to give uh, special mention to the kind of cool villains in uh, Rocky Five of yes. uh, Tommy, played by the boxer Tommy Morrison, and uh, George W. Duke, uh, played by the actor Richard Gant, who is just like a Don King ripoff. Uh, yep. They are also terrible. And one other special mention must go to, I feel, uh, the character of Joseph Joe Leon, uh, played by Ron Steiger in oh, yeah. The Specialist, <laughs> because as we discussed in the episode, one of the worst Latin American, we don't know what he's going for. I, I can only broadly say Latin American because I do not know what accent Rod Steiger was trying to do. So I, I cannot say he was trying to do something from a South American country or if he was trying to do something from Cuba or he's trying to do something from Mexico, or Puerto Rico. Don't have a fucking clue because one of the worst Latin American accents ever committed to celluloid. Yeah. Uh, so I feel that Rod Steiger deserves a mention. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, what was he doing? I, yeah. I don't. I mean, it was a choice. It was a bizarre, bizarre choice. If you um, listen to the episode. We will go in <laughs> much more detail. Yes, uh, we will talk much further uh, about that accent. Uh, but we roll on to better times because yes. now we talk about best villain. Yeah. So for me, so it's kind of there were three high contenders. I have, I guess, in third place or the second runner-up would be Antonio Banderas and Assassins. I think he is great. He's fun. He, you know, he's kind of getting beaten and bruised and all that. I wish, but he kind of, he lost spot because, or lost a place in his, you know, official second runner-up because in the halfway mark of Assassins, he's basically forgotten until the end, which is mm, a shame because yeah. he's one of the best parts, or he is the best. He um, is for sure. He acts as socks off in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so it became a tie be- between Armand and Santi, but ultimately who takes the cake is Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. It is just yep. a <laughs> perfect villain. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> the so, level of theatrics, everything yeah. about it is just... Yeah. I, I was kind of working around the same territory. Um, I also love uh, Antonio Banderas' performance in Assassin's Armando Santi's performance <laughs> in Judge Tread is just off the chain nuts, and I love it for that. He is by far the best thing in Judge Dredd, and he he makes it. Um, he's one of the things that makes it a watchable movie. That and the production yeah. design. The production yes. design is absolutely amazing in that in that movie. It really brings uh, Mega City One to life. And then, um, so so those two, and I also want to give a shout out to, it's kind of a cheat, but I want to give a shout out to uh, the gang in Cliffhanger. Like, I, I think it'd yeah. be unfair to name Eric Quaylen, the villain played by John Lithgow, as the you know, like best villain because like he's he's not him by himself. I don't think he's an amazing villain. I think John Lithgow's pretty good in the part. But what makes it really good, what makes those villains really fun is like him and his gang. So like particularly the kind of core members, uh Kinnett played by Leon, Christel played by Carolyn Goodall, um Delmar played by Craig Fairbass and uh, Richard Travers, uh, played by Rex Lynn. I think just their their constant uh, bickering and the kind of cutthroat nature of that gang is so fun to watch and one of the most entertaining elements uh, of that film. So I feel the whole gang of mercenaries deserve a shout-out, a special mention. Yeah, But in the end, also, I went for Simon Phoenix, played by Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man, because, oh my God, he is <laughs> so fun. And from the very first moment, you see him on screen here, you know, and it's yeah. his, his die, die job, and it, you know, he's wearing fucking MC Hammer parachute pants, and he's got, you know, like, oh, it's dungaree things, and then like, and he's just, chewing up the scenery and oh it's he's so so fun and uh yeah yeah. just throughout the movie he is laugh a minute and um you just you just don't want like and um his his action scenes are pretty good as well like um that scene where you know the the really funny scene where the cops are like trying they've got the kind of app that's trying to tell them how to deal with a violent uh criminal and then he just like Beats fuck out. <laughs> yeah. He's making commentary the whole time. Yeah. He's yeah. Surprised yeah, yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's accompanied by those record scratches, those random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's, yeah, he's so fun throughout. And um, yeah, the action scenes that he does is, is really good. And um, yeah, when he, he, when he gets the gun at the museum and his joy of getting this like, real gun and this annoyance of the in fact it has to like charge up for yeah. a really long time and just everything wesley snipes does in that movie is so fun yeah and that was actually so for those that listen to the seagal season there was an ongoing joke at my expense <laughs> creating a fake or you know creating the movie that i'd want to see 
basically yep. or, you know and i know that usually Demo- based around the villains yeah and demolition man was where it flopped and you actually did it where you said that spartan was actually was almost non-existent and you want a movie more of simon and um sandra bullock's character but um i can't think of her name right now. um I uh, know I can't, can't remember her name right now either. Actually, yeah. I will. You, you will. Uh, if you could filibuster, and I'll quickly look up on yes. online. Um, you know, very slyly. Yes. Uh, the audience will never notice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... My typing away here. So, but, <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah, you were having this whole discussion about watching it and, you know, viewing it as like it'd be more interesting if this criminal came you know, from the past in this world that we've established and we kind of really establish in Demolition Man in the beginning, but then have her almost trying to, this cop that doesn't understand the violence or anything, then trying to basically learn and become, you know, like this old school rough and tough cop, which her character ends up falling into the same action trope as many other, you know, Mm -hmm. women characters where they're great and they're, smart and whatever it may be and then they just kind of fall to the wayside and become dumber or be taken hostage or whatever yeah yeah because he knocks her out um before the finale Uh, but yeah so i yeah on that you know i was kind of jumping off from the like the bit just before the finale where she like beats a guy up and he's like oh where did you learn those movies and she says like jackie chan movies and then i thought like oh that could have been like a fun way to tell the story or maybe she hadn't learned any moves you know but like then she uh, looks back in these files and um you know sees video of like these kind of old school cops and then maybe you get a, a montage of her watching jackie chan movies and then she goes up against wesley snipes and then I, I think it you know it could have been i mean it's it's still a great movie but i, I think it would be a, a fun interesting possible route to go down um, yeah. as well and her character as we all very clearly remember is lieutenant lenina huxley okay i knew it was something the lee part at the end i was like is it luxley what it's something yeah but yeah and as we all know the character was named after aldous huxley the author of brave new world um, which was yep. one of the inspirations behind the movie part so now we get into oh we're on to like uh yeah yeah yeah. so we're we're uh we're really steaming ahead we've only got two awards to give out now uh so um it's now worst film and i'm sure you're going to really surprise us with your (laughs) worst film my worst film is copland wow you heard that you did really surprise (laughs) me holy hell there was one movie i thought you were gonna see but that definitely wasn't it so the one that i've been hinting at and very clearly even stated (laughs) earlier on (laughs) i think we've probably stated it a bunch of times in the other awards that we've given to this particular film i don't think there's a lot of mystery going on here but anyway (laughs) drum roll what's your worst film craig stop or my mom will shoot and i tried so hard to think well maybe you know i looked at um rocky five or stuff like that but it's just there's no comparison (laughs) like there's no way that i could kind of fudge the numbers or whatever to Mm. put it in you know it leaps and bounds is stop or my mom will shoot (laughs) yes yeah and unsurprisingly my worst film also, Silver Mama will shoot. My runner-up is probably Rocky Five, um, just because that film annoys me because, like, I, I feel like it fucks with the the Rocky legacy, and I think it's it's the real weak link. You know, if you watch the first, I mean, I suppose the Creed movies are, are slightly separate. So if you watch the, um, you know, the six, you know, Rocky movies of the initial saga, if you want to call that, that, you know, like the kind of Creed movies are maybe on the side. Uh, so yeah if you if you watch them if you watch those six films like they're all watchable they're all entertaining you know some of them aren't like necessarily super good like obviously the first rocky is a great movie that has great drama and great characters and great action and uh you know and then you've got something like rocky four that's just pure popcorn it's not necessarily great doesn't have a particularly good script as a very silly story um, the, you know it's not grounded at all 
but you know Stallone beats communism it's yeah. very funny it's it's a very entertaining movie you know you've got Dolph Lundgren pretending to be a Russian you know it's it's all it's all good and it also has possibly the greatest montage of all time it's it's a fun time and all of them you know like and there's just this Rocky Five, it's just there, and if you want to rewatch the franchise, you're just like, I don't want to rewatch that. You know, I'm happy to rewatch the rest of them. Perfect. Yeah. They're all they're all good. They're all fun. You know, great movies. But so it annoys me. But that being said, and then I, I suppose you know, also the specialist isn't that great. But again, the because specialist James looks, Woods. Like, the specialist has James Woods, uh, you know, who, you know, is, uh, I don't want to give too much credit to because he's an yeah. asshole, but, you know, he is really fun in that movie. Uh, and then, you know, so, you know, as an actor, he, he knows how to do it. As a person, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's Stop or My Mama Shoot. It's a terrible film. It's terrible on every level. The acting is awful. The script is awful. The action set pieces are lazy. The comedy is generic and, and, and stupid. And just, it's boring. The oh, Everything the about movie. it fails. It fails on literally every, like, cinematography is bland. You know, yeah. like, every level that you, you can think of, this movie fails on. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely the worst movie. Though I will say it has the one that's not even redeeming quality. It's just one kind of quality <laughs> is of <laughs> um, the dream sequence that is just so utterly <laughs> bizarre <laughs> and dumb, but it just, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's not necessarily a redeeming quality, but it no. is just like, well, that's something I've seen in my life. Yeah. Stallone <laughs> in a diaper. Didn't yeah. think I'd see that ever, but sure thanks movie thanks for giving me that image in my life yeah um so yeah uh like you say not necessarily a redeeming quality but certainly something memorable in the movie basically the only memorable thing in the movie yeah oh. and now we get to move on yes now we get to final... talk about things the... we like that's yeah. what we want to do here we want to talk about things we like so yes. best film or like basically you know basically best film in your opinion like basically it's like favorite film really yeah. you know so this is a Double so Demolition Man was up for it, but ultimately I have two best films and knowing or listening to the I guess the episodes it'll be very clear. But mm -hmm. I love Copland might be one of my most watched alone movies. It we do talk about in the episode that there are a lot of issues when actually going through scene by scene and that but there is so much potential to it. Mm -hmm. um stallone's best performance however for the sake of favorite film like something that i might have to i end up choosing cliffhanger which oh. i just I, I don't know i think it's that one for me that's really nostalgic where mm -hmm. i'm not re even really that big of a nostalgia person but mm -hmm. i watched that a lot when i was a kid i like the the element of i'm a big fan of stuff taking place in the snow mm -hmm. um it has some great kind of set pieces and yeah the i there's a lot especially going through on this podcast i wish they added more to especially with the girlfriend character who is so amazing in the beginning and then she just kind of falls again. off a cliff at the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Not literally. Yeah. That uh, yeah. nah, was somebody else, but like, that happens to a few people. Yeah. But then, uh, not her, but like, metaphorically, her yeah. character falls off. <laughs> but I guess I, yeah, I picked that one. But Demo it was between that and Demolition Man in terms of like the ones I had the most fun with and just really enjoyed and would watch yeah. a ton. <laughs> so I think we both very much agree that this season had three real high points. And those three real high points were Cliffhanger which I think is probably the most excited we've sounded in a podcast <laughs> recording because we had just gone through this phase of like, for my other podcast, um, for the, the Guilty Pleasures uh, podcast, um, yes. which is a, a kind of sideshow, a kind of spinoff to my, my other podcast, the New Horror Express. We had recorded an episode of House of the Dead. We had recorded those first two episodes of this season we were talking about rocky five and talking about stop or my mom was shit so i back think to back so it was I three think, weeks yeah, of that there was like three weeks of that you know like um yeah so 
show. We had Rocky Five. We had House of the Dead. We had Sober Mama Shoot. I think we were going to lose our minds. So, <laughs> like, we must sound. Uh, I, I love. <laughs> I'm gonna probably uh, when when I put it up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll you know listen back to. It. Uh, I think it's like the most pumped we've probably sounded because it <laughs> yes. was just such a relief. Uh, to be talking about a movie that we both like, that we both have nostalgia for. So, yeah, it, Cliffhanger, one of the high points. The other two high points, obviously, Copland, Demolition Man. So it was difficult to kind of pick between uh, those three films. But in the end, for me, as much as I did watch Cliffhanger a bunch as a kid, and as much as I think um, Copland is a really good film that could have been an even better film with some tweaks. I think I went for Demolition Man in the end because Demolition Man is very much um, the movie, probably even more than Cliffhanger, that I watched, uh, uh, you know, a lot as a kid. And I think Demolition Man is the movie, uh, the stolen movie I've seen the most outside of Rocky. Yeah, um, outside of the, the kind of Rocky films. Um, so, yes. So it has a special place in my heart. And I just, you know, Stolen is good in it. Like, we, I, you know, I, I kind of like did my thing of like recasting the film and, and, and doing all that. But Stolen is good in it. I do like his character of John Spartan. I think he is overshadowed by Sandra Bullock yeah. and, and Wesley Snipes. But it's, it's good. And even though, as we talked about in the episode, some of the world building doesn't make sense because we do not know how far this supposedly surface level utopian society goes to you know does it extend beyond california like what is yeah. you know what are the rules like you know we we got into that there there's a whole bunch of questions that you're going to kind of ask about it but and there's also the thing of like the satire is kind of hidden miss and it's kind of like oh what side of the fence is it on and you can see why like the kind of fox news crowd kind of gravitate towards it because of certain elements in the film even though there's like, like that kind of last minute fudge of like can't we all get along yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so so yeah so that's so, so there's things but it's a it's a real fun movie it does do a lot of great world building to to begin with there is like a 20 minute section where like stone is basically not on screen and we're just following sandra billick and it does a real great job of establishing what this world is like what the society is like how it works and there's a lot of great meta gags in it the thing about like yeah. president schwarzenegger that i you know the thing about the franchise wars and, and taco bell ruling the world and you know like all that stuff and you know i, I can't say it enough that the wesley snipes performance yeah entertains the hell out of me so does sandra bullock the action scenes are good i think it's probably the most quotable of any of the movies yeah. uh, we watch even down to like little tiny scenes like the thing with the news reporter where it's the, there's the news reporter quizzing Stallone being like do you think it's justified you know blowing yeah. up the seven million dollar mall for this for this little girl who only had a twenty five thousand dollar reward in her head and the little girl just turns around and goes hey fuck you lady yeah it's one of the funniest moments in the movie just um yeah that movie entertains me so much and yeah i think it's heightened by the nostalgia i have when you know having it on video and stuff like that so yeah best film for me demolition man and it no i yeah i agree i think it's great and i think that it definitely is one of those where despite all of its flaws you know the certain actors or the certain set pieces or whatever it may be are so much are so heightened that more than the other films it almost it erases the you know the the good outweighs the bad instead of yeah for, the for sure ones. you, you yeah. can you forgive it a bunch of things because you know you rollick on to the next really fun action sex piece and you know, you know or the next one-liner or or the next kind of meta gag about something or the next kind of weird bit of world building the, the things with three seashells you know there's, there's so many kind of standout memorable moments in that movie that you know you let a lot of the the kind of negative things kind of slide in the end yeah um so yeah that's it that's 
that's us got it in the back that's us covered all of 90 stolen that's us kind of dissected everything um do you want to give any kind of final thoughts on 90 stolen before we close this season out and never talk about stolen again <laughs> apart from the times we probably will in tangents in other yes. episodes about other action starts but apart from that never talking about them again so is like rough of a ride that 90 stallone can be with the highs and lows and it's just all over the place um you know i have to give a lot of credit because i think the 90s is the only period of stallone where like he was more he was willing to experiment and trying to like branch out and so i feel you know besides what he was doing in like the early 70s before you know he became the one ant man or the 70s before he became the one man army with rambo or even rocky or whatever it may be or then after the 90s when he was trying to go back into just being an action star and so yeah I, I, this was this was interesting to kind of take out of his whole career to see like him trying to experiment and so i give a lot of credit i guess for 90s stallone i'm going to absolutely agree with you i think this is a really interesting period of his career and even some of the you know the bad movies even something like the specialist which i don't really like you know there's a lot of boring stuff in the, the, the specialist but there's there's some fun stuff some of the bombs are fun you know james wood performance is fun you know and there's there's interesting stuff here and i think that um he had a couple of flops in the late 80s i think his ego uh, for once it was a little bit dented mm -hmm. so he was he was just trying shit he was he, he obviously didn't seem to clearly know who he was i mean I, I think obviously you know he, he really gets his identity back in like 2006 with yeah. rocky balboa and, and then 2008 you've got rambo 2010 you've got expendables and, yes. and all that kind of stuff and it's like okay this is who i am this i'm going to play to this audience i'm clearly identified that's it but you know he kind of lost his audience for a while in the 90s he wasn't sure. He was like, ah, shall I become, you know, more family friendly and comedic? And then, he, you know, we didn't cover Oscar, but, you know, he tried to do that with the likes of Oscar and stuff. And my mom was shoot. And then it's like, oh, well, that's not really working. You know, well, I try to be more kind of down to earth, broody, charismatic, which, you know, you see that in the specialists and assassins and then and then it's like oh no no that doesn't really work you know it doesn't really work even though the specialist was actually a box office hit yeah you know it's, it's kind of like yeah that doesn't really work for me you know and then he, <laughs> he he struck out on trying to be like a comic book superhero but then you know comic book movies in the 90s generally weren't that great uh, and then he, he and then there was this you know in the you know the, the a turn again you know he's like well you know the the broody thing didn't work the comedic thing didn't really work you know and like what else is there you know and it's like oh you know like with daylight and cop one it's like oh i'm gonna be these kind of hero characters but like much more vulnerable much more human much more flawed versions of those and um yeah and it's it's i think it's interesting to to kind of map that out and, and just kind of you know kind of throwing shit at the wall and just being like ah is this is this going to stick and and you know it, it kind of did with you know obviously cliffhanger was a big success demolition man was a big success and then and then it kind of dipped down again um yeah. you know obviously the uh, specialist was a massive critical failure although I, you know i will say again i think it's kind of remembered as being a flop now but as we discovered in the research actually a pretty decent sized hit and his yeah. second most successful film at the box office um in the 90s so it's kind of weird but that's that is true um and yeah and so i think it is i think it's as much as it's had lows I think nearly every film has had interesting things in it. I think it yeah. did start particularly rough because like Rocky Five doesn't have a lot of interesting things and Stop or My Mom Shoot yeah. has no interesting things. But yeah, even some of the, the, the weaker films, even the mixed bag films, they have interesting things. He's trying different things. So I think it's been a fascinating season for me to kind of look back on this particular period um, of his career um, because his ego wasn't riding high and um, he took he took chances 
a lot of them failed, but yeah. he definitely took chances. But that, I think that's that's pretty much all on Stallone, right? Yes, that's all I have. Okay, uh, so lastly, before we head on out, um, just tell the audience as normal where they can oh. hit you up on uh, social media. Yeah, uh, you know, just search on social media on Twitter or Instagram, Craig Dram, D-R-A-H-E-I-M. And I also am one of the co-hosts of Bloodhound Pick, which is P-I-X, where we talk about obscure and independent horror movies that are older or, well, from either a couple years ago to decades ago. And then we'll also do, we'll highlight kind of independent members of the horror community from other reviewers to professionals. And yeah, it's just all about of bringing attention to kind of the independent world of horror and sometimes we stretch out to you know thriller sci-fi dark action stuff like that as well but yeah so either of those two are the best ways to find me and so it just leaves me to say uh, thank you very much for listening to all those uh, listening that's all from me that's all from craig if you do have any thoughts kind of feedback whatever uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure those reviews are five stars, please, because basically the algorithm thinks we're terrible if we're not. So we're not, we're, we know we're not terrible. Um, so five stars, just make it five stars. If you're thinking anything less, don't do it. Just walk away. <laughs> anyway, until next time, see ya.